Hey, can you be okay? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm excited. I'm great. I'm just closing some tabs because I'm like, there's some webcam on and I don't know why. <laughs> there you go. Not funny. Like, inter oh, here we go. I'm still in a video chat from something earlier. Okay. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so excited that we got to meet up and actually get to do this interview. Because uh, this is like one thing after another that, that like I was busy or like you were busy, but now the fates have aligned, the stars have, have aligned to make it work. So I that's know. Cool. And I also think that it's always, it's always when it's effortless, you know? Like we tried, we kept coordinating, and all of a sudden, I think, was it yesterday or two days ago? We're like, let's yeah. do Sunday. So here we are. I love it. Sometimes when you plan less, it happens. It's more likely to happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just to let you know, I am like live streaming this on Twitch and everything like that. So there are like people, there's like 50 people who are watching and everything like that. So um, yeah. So they they may ask questions and then we'll have like a small okay. like Q&A maybe later down the line and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And uh, yeah. So uh, first and foremost, let's just go ahead and get into it. First, I have a lot of respect for you. Like I am really, really humbled you accepted this interview. I appreciate you in every single way. I remember the first time we met. I was like, oh, she's pretty cool because my, you know, my parents meet all these sorts of people, you know. So I was like, yeah, she's, you know, Eliana's pretty cool. And then I started looking at you online and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's a powerhouse! Like she's awesome. So it was like <laughs> super cool. Who's this yeah. girl? She's pretty normal. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, I hope for, I hope that's the impression I give, and I'm, you know. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Just super chill, down to earth, and then uh, you move mountains casually on your free time. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm like, can you do all my intros all the time? That's beautiful. That, Thank you. Of course. So, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, uh, could you introduce yourself? Sure. So, hi everyone. Nice to meet you. My name is Eliana, and you may know my last name. It's Murillo, Murillo in English. So we are long lost cousins. Uh, not really, but it feels like it. So, which is still wild to me. So I met. Um, Mama, Mama Cana Murillo, so D'Angelo's mom, I met her, and actually, I think about the same time, I met her and your sister Maya um, at industry events, so the backstory is that I worked at Google for 10 years, and so in that work, I was really dedicated to multicultural marketing, so started that team there, and developed a lot of programs around supporting um, diverse minority-owned businesses, um, content creators, students, and really ultimately always about access, making sure underrepresented and underestimated communities have access to technology. And so through that, meeting Kathy and Maya doing their content stuff, and I always heard about D'Angelo and that he was his own internet sensation. <laughs> and I was like, when am I gonna meet him? I, I go to visit, I stay at the house, yeah. and like, now we've become good family friends. I mean, family friends because I feel like we've been related this whole time and didn't know. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was cool to finally meet in person and now we can do this. But um, yeah, so the quick story is that I was at Google left in July this year to be a full-time entrepreneur. I call myself, I think of myself as a serial side hustler. So I've been yeah. side hustling for years and um, now just really wanted to spend time to focus on them more rather than outside of Google. Now I have several of them going. So they range from, I'm sure we'll talk about some of them, but I co-founded a tequila company with my family, Organic yeah. Tequila Alquimia. It's on my Instagram. If you check mine, it's easy to find everything else. So at in my element, I-N-M-Y-E-L-I-M-E-N-T. So element with my it's name so in creative. it. so creative. It's awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, I, it just kind of hit me because I was like, what's a phrase that's like when you're in your flow and you're in your element? And I was like, oh, element. Wait a minute. And I was like, I can put my name in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I started, um, so co-founded that with my family. 
started Latina Soup Brunch. And then I recently started, uh, I, I was just like co-founded because I feel like I did because I have a team of people helping me, but I'm the founder and CEO of Element and Company, yeah. which is like my umbrella company, if you will. And within that, I have Element Lab where we're developing apps. So we're early, early stages right now. Next year, hopefully we'll have something to show everybody. Um, we're doing um, also some strategy and consulting for startups and small businesses. Yeah. So that's been really cool to support founders that are creating technology, actual solutions with tech to serve the users that are very diverse. And so that's kind of where my background fits into that. So, yeah. and I recently accepted the title and I'm an artist, which I've never actually said in an interview before. <laughs> I paint, I, I love to do all these things. And when people are like, are you an artist? I'm like, no, there's art in front of people. Yeah, you know, I do like, art, but I'm not an artist. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. And yesterday I was like, wait, I'm an artist. I've been painting my whole life. And so I'm like, people want to buy my art and I haven't been letting them. So I'm going to start, I'm going to set up my online shop. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of your mom's and I'll, I know we're not here to talk about your family necessarily. No, I don't know no, if that's we're funny. good. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are like, this is not the time to talk about my parents, but um, <laughs> your parents are total hustlers. And so of course I love that you, you all have your things. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all uh, fire I'm signs. Sure, yeah. All fire signs. Yeah. My, Leo's a fire sign, right? My yep. moon's in Leo. Okay, I'm a Cancer Scorpio Leo. So um, respect the Leo signs. I'm embracing my Leo sign. I'll put yeah. it that way. The, the art <laughs> <Nice>. and the fire. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, that's so cool. And what would you say like your your origin story is? Like what is the moment that you realize that like, I want to do so much more than just work a nine to five or like even how did you get into Google and everything like that? Sure. Okay, there's a couple different things. So the origin story to cover that part is yeah. I'm from Oxford, California. Oxnard is about an hour, hour and a half north of LA. And so my family's all there, Mexican-American, a really big family. My mom is one of nine kids, so I have a huge family, lots of cousins, which is always fun and interesting. Yeah. Not so much right now, but you know, we do we do really cool video chats for like Easter and grandma's birthday. <laughs> and um, so that's where I'm from. Went to public high school my whole life. Ended up going to Harvard, was not expecting that at all in fact when i yeah. applied i said like can't tell anybody I, I swore my mom and one friend who knew to secrecy my parents was like you can't tell anyone because it was like i told my mom who nagged me she, i was like yeah i was like kids from oxnard don't go to schools like harvard so that was my mindset really didn't expect that yeah. as such a big uh pivot in my life it was just like a total shift from what i was used to so did that and in college so to the answer the question of how to get to google um, I realized that a lot of companies were recruiting diverse talent and I yeah. was like, well, I'm the only Latina here. So like at the women in business group, it yeah. was women, but within that, like, where's the diversity here? So I started a group specifically for Latinos interested in business, but the more creative business field. So not just investment banking and consulting, which is what we heard and saw most of the time. But like yeah. I reached out to companies all across the board, like MTV3 at the time, a bilingual yeah. network they had, um, Macy's, uh, all types of different companies, and Google was one of them. And so I got to know recruiters and told them, well, first I emailed the companies and said, yeah. I have a list, I have a, well, I made a list of my friends who I was pretty sure I could convince to join my club. And I was like, I have 60 Latino Harvard students who'd love to, you know, get to know people at your company, just because so many of us don't have parents who've been there before. We yeah, don't have yeah. someone on the inside. We don't even know what the job really is. And you know, you can't really envision it until you see it and hear from people directly. So a bunch of companies said yes to partnering with us, uh, either, you know, inviting us to their offices or different things. And then yeah. I went back to school. This is after my freshman year. And I told all my friends, like, all these companies want to hire you, join my club. So created my own, you know, supply and demand. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, I had friends who worked at Macy's because of this for like eight years. People, yeah. A bunch of people got to 
find roles. And through that, um, two friends were at Google as interns and they're like, you have to apply for next year. And I was like, but I don't code. What would I even do? Like, that's yeah. not even, it seems so irrelevant to my life and my skill set. And they're like, no, there's tons of other departments. And so I was like, all right. So I started in sales as an intern in San Francisco. I joined full-time after college in 2010. Yeah. And then that's when I pivoted into what we, we, we they, what they call people operations. So HR is a function in it, but like all people things like diversity team, HR, meaning handling HR situations, but also yeah. like um, people analytics and all across the board, all types of things. And did that for, I think, I think two, three years. And then I moved into marketing. So I had five roles at Google. I created four from scratch from projects I had. So all focused around diversity and access for diverse communities. And so I would pitch a project. I would do it in our 20% time, meaning 20% outside of my day job, which really means two full-time jobs because yeah. I work hard enough. So yeah, I'm like, this is like late nights and weekends and all the time I'm not sleeping. And, um, and I loved it. I loved it because it allowed me to really test pilot things that I felt could make an impact. And, yeah. you know, with amazing coworkers who are still friends and family to me with resources, if I pitched for them, right. And then it allowed me to show my bosses or sponsors, if I did this with 20% of my time, imagine what I yeah. could do with a hundred percent. And that was a pretty easy sell. Like, well, if I did all this, imagine if I was full-time on it. Yeah. So yeah. So that was over the course of 10 years, big focus on multicultural founding that team. And then now, um, I think when I, when I knew I was ready to do more, I think I just worked with so many amazing entrepreneurs for yeah. years, helping them learn to use the tools. I'm answering five questions at once. By the way. No, this you're good, different. dude. You're good. <laughs> so, um, and if anyone has a question that you're reading, feel free to jump in. But, um, I've just been so inspired by small business owners and startup founders who have this vision for what they want to create, either a problem they want to solve, um, an opportunity that they see in the market or just a, an art form that they love and want to yeah. do more of. And so I just thought like, I admire that so much. It's time to be about it like really personally. And yeah. with my family's small business in tequila, it was always something we did on the side. And I thought, well, what if we put more time into this? And so rather than me pitching internal, essentially investors, at one point I had investors internally. I did a startup thing within Google as well. Yeah. I was like, well, what if I, sponsor myself and I saved up my money and prepared for an exit. And so it's been really, it's been, oh my God, it's like life as an entrepreneur is so interesting because you can really do whatever you want, which means a lot of autonomy and Good a lot thing of and like, bad things. Got, yeah. yeah, you have to motivate yourself and accountable accountability to myself and either my team or my clients in a yep. very different way than like the system's going to keep pushing, you know, yeah. we're all going to be, there's like, there's milestones and, and, you know, um, objective key results or KPIs that people call them. Yeah. And now I'm like, I get to make up all the rules. What are the rules I want to keep? What are the ones I want to unlearn or unsee finally yeah. and create my own and, you know, really craft something of my own in, in this new way. So, yeah. That's super cool. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, I think when I first uh, started following you on social media, it was right around the time that you had like taken the, the photo of your last day at Google and like, yeah. <laughs> Which is well, like you caught me like right at the pivot. Yeah, exactly. It was so like iconic because um, for a lot of people, even just getting to Google is like made it done. You know, like yeah. work here for the rest of our lives. You know, all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's it's inspiring to be like, no, there's so much more that I want to accomplish, and Google can't yeah. satisfy that that itch, so I'm gonna have to go and do it myself. So that's really really cool. Yeah. So Thanks. another question is that. Um, 
like you, like a lot of people who are content creators are hustling to like work, you know, 60 hours to 80 hours a week to make their, their passion, you know, actually legitimately, you know, come true and thrive and everything like that. But when it comes to self-care, sometimes that can definitely dip into like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll just burn the candle at both ends. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine until it's like not well, fine. Like, so yeah. <laughs> how do you combat that and make sure that you have the self-care you need or what kind of self-care yeah. techniques do you do to ensure that your mental health is uh, solid mm-hmm. throughout the I'm so glad you're asking because I think that's something that people don't talk about enough in, yeah. in the, it's like, there's an entrepreneurship space of being a full-time entrepreneur and then there's everyone side hustling. Mm. And if you don't have a side hustle, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people are meant to be focused on one thing and yeah. do it really well. You know, there's, there's so many ways to go about it, but I think we're in a time where people are like, oh, you can just start a website, Instagram and post, you know, yeah. your content or affiliate links or a product, a startup idea. There's so many things we can do, right? We have all these tools that allow us to do it. And for a long time, my job was making sure people knew about these tools. And so now I see it as like, because we have this autonomy, like you said, like you can, yeah. you can work every minute of the day. And at a certain point though, there's diminishing returns. So if you're burnt out, which is absolutely possible in a corporate job, in a yeah. small business job, as an entrepreneur, burnout's real. And I think early on mentors told me they didn't say don't burn out. They didn't say like fear burnout. They said, prepare for burnout because it's going to happen and mm-hmm. then just prepare for how you recover after that like obviously try to avoid it but it's and sometimes sometimes it can be unavoidable and i think sometimes people think of burnout as if it's terrible like it was it's caused by bad things yeah i burned out at google because i was almost addicted to my work because mm-hmm. i was like i created work that i i mean i was able to create more every single day like if i met you at a dinner and you said you have you know a channel and i I'd get so excited and I'd ask like, oh, what are you doing online? And yeah. what's your strategy? And we can partner and we can do this thing to help kids learn the code and you can be the example and like whatever. Right? And um, it was so easy to create more that yeah. I didn't have any boundaries. So, I mean, I literally met people like at a club and was like, oh, we should stay in touch. And like always getting pitched, me <laughs> yeah. pitching people. It was just infinite ideas and opportunities. But of course, then that means there's no time for self-care. Mm-hmm. And there was the one the first time I burnt out, which is like I think in 2015, so halfway through my career at Google, um, I lost my voice. I couldn't speak yeah. for almost three months, and wow. I couldn't really no like it was like whispers, like yeah. barely whisper for like three months. It was it's weird to talk about it now because I'm like, how did I go that long? The irony I talk a lot and pretty fast, right? So all of <laughs> a sudden couldn't, yeah. <laughs> and so and I couldn't really type because I was getting kind of like pre carpal tunnel. And that was like the, the day that I could not call my boss or email her to tell her, like I couldn't type it, to tell her I can't work. It was like, this is a problem. How else does one communicate if I'm not right in front of you to like sign to you, you know? Yeah. So I had to go see a specialist on, uh, was it ENT? I think ears, nose, throat doctor. And yeah. he said, like, you just have to stop. Like there's no, you can't like, it's sort of like when you get a cold and you keep pushing because it'll go away. But if you really shut down for three days, you're just going to get healthier that much faster. Yeah. But we let it linger. And it's it's just, we think, oh, we have to keep pushing. And we're not really helping anyone because you're not really doing a good job or full, full capacity and you're not healing. So nobody wins to the point of like, can't burning the candle on both ends. Yeah. And so he was like, you just need to stop. And so I took time then. But at first when he said that, he was like, just focus on your hobbies. And I was like, what? I really was like, <laughs> what is that? What yeah. is that? No, I really was like, what is a hobby? Because 
because I had stopped doing so many things that I love. So growing up, I was a professional cake decorator. Mm-hmm. I was the state champion in cake decorating when I was 17. Wow, damn. Yeah, no big deal. Light flex. And uh, <laughs> if you thought my Instagram was a flex, I have so many other things from being a kid. <laughs> but nice. um, I, I, I was in this world of scale. Everything's scaling. I mean, Google has seven products, maybe more now, that have over a billion users. So everything's yeah. about massive reach. And so to think of doing something for a very small number of people, is just super underwhelming. It's just not the way the company is wired. And I was practically raised there professionally, right? So yeah. I was really conditioned to think about scale. So that's one factor. So for me, spending time making a cake, just like that doesn't scale. Who mm-hmm. Like that's going to benefit how many people? It and felt then like a waste. Have- yeah. Yeah. Like just what I'm, it almost felt like a disservice to the world. Yeah. Like, I let the weight of the world feel like it was on my shoulders for the my community and others like it right like trying to be an ally trying to advocate for diverse groups and and it just felt like if i'm not doing that work then this is it's truly it felt the word of service came up for me all the time yeah so the point of what i do around self-care and, and the lesson i learned from it was that if i burned out i could do so much less right so it mm-hmm. wasn't really actually helping me move toward the goals i had and that i didn't have to feel guilty for it but i had to hit pause in a really aggressive way like yeah i stopped everything i went to europe and mexico and went and took cooking classes i finally went to the cordon bleu for some a program i wanted to do like my whole life and i went and painted in mexico i had this like eat pray love experience i call it like my eat play love <laughs> and just ate and like just had fun and um quietly <laughs> very quietly and so that it was good i mean i I reconnected with like my childhood self and the things that I loved as a kid. I have yeah. this theory, maybe other people say it, but I think that what you did when you were like eight or 10 years old is kind of what you're meant to be doing. It's like yeah. what you did when they were, most of us didn't have really any inhibitions at that time yet, inhibitions. So we just explored and we played and we did fun things that like, yeah. I, I was selling art supplies at recess in elementary school. Like no one told me to do that. I don't know. Like I was hustling. No one told me that I was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a whole nother tangent. Let me talk about self-care. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I have ADHD recently diagnosed about a year ago. Or, is that a year ago? Pretty sure yeah. I have ADHD too. So we're on the same wavelength. I'm like, yes, I love the speed of rate and talking and then like, you know, all that stuff I can keep <laughs> up. So it's like. I know when you meet other people, it's like, oh, finally. Oh yep. my God. It's so, it's such a relief. So uh, yeah, for anyone watching, you're like, what is happening? So we are used to it. You hear D'Angelo all the time. So anyway, self-care. Let me answer that question before I go on another tangent. Um, I've realized that especially as an entrepreneur, your business venture will only be as healthy as you are. So yeah. I know that there's, I, I've, I've learned to realize that there's a, there's a mode I get into where where I'm not in flow anymore, right? Where I, I'm tired and it just feels like things get stuck more. And I just feel like I've noticed such a big difference when I'm good, when I'm doing my meditation, when I'm doing my journaling, mm-hmm. reading and really slowing down. And, you know, I put candles on in the shower every night when, I, when I'm good, when I'm really on it. The more that I keep up a routine that really helps me stay grounded and tune out the noise, give my brain a moment to slow down because yeah. it, it loves moving really fast. I love these conversations, but even though I love it, it's still something that I need to manage because we can't push ourselves. We, there's, there is a breaking point and yeah. I don't want to get too close to it. So I have to try very hard. Like it's so much work to stay steady, but I know it's worth it. Um, like today I was going to work on a bunch of stuff and I was like, I'm just going to paint and I haven't done it in months, yeah. but I love it. And, and remembering I have to remind myself like just because I drop off doesn't mean I can't start again. Because sometimes I'll be like, oh mm-hmm. my God, it's been how many days since I did whatever, months since I painted. 
And I used to like guilt myself for it of like, like as if we're doing a bad job at taking care of ourselves. And it's like, that doesn't help either. It's still negative thoughts. So that's, you know, weight and mental um, noise, I guess. Yeah. And so I think it's just really important. I think everyone's self-care looks different. Um, I I feel like that's such a beautiful process to discover what does, what does self-care look like for each person? Yeah. I had a, I'm, I'm really big on having life coaches and my very first one did like a full analysis of my life. I told her, you know, she answered all her questions, told her everything about my upbringing and day to day and stuff like that. And, and she asked me about what I did for fun. And, you know, I was describing it to her and she's like, okay, like in her assessment, she's like, you've killed your inner child. Yeah. And I was like, what? She's like, she's dead. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I, I go dancing. I go to the club. I do whatever. She's like, you're clearly doing that for everybody else. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh my God, I was going because everyone expected me to go. Yeah. Not because I really wanted to be there. She's like, what would you actually like to do on a Friday, Saturday night? And I was like, read Harry Potter and make cookies. Like, that's all I really want to do. Yeah, I love yeah. to dance, but I wasn't really, there's dancing because I enjoy it. Yeah. And then like the falling into the the routine of showing up because people expect social to expectations. Up. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't think it was that bad because it's like, it didn't sound like a bad thing. It's my friends. I enjoy going out, mm-hmm. but it ultimately still contributed to the burnout because I wasn't doing what I really wanted. Like my, my spirit wasn't being fueled by that. Yeah. Um, that I think, I honestly think self-care is like spirit maintenance because mm-hmm. I also know that when, when our spirit is down, and I don't mean spirituality and religion, I'm saying like your spirit, right? Like your, your life yeah. source. Kind of. When that's, t- when you're out, like when your light is dim, we physically exhaust we get exhausted so fast Mm -hmm. but when we're in a good place like we can push ourselves and we still have to be careful because that can still exhaust us but like it's just another like it's just our body can do so much more than we realize but if we're down and our spirits down our bodies will shut down real quick and so that i think for me was a big lesson of like am i fueling my spirit and i even started thinking about that and i'm glad i'm saying this now I started thinking about that when I was like, let's say on Instagram and I'd be scrolling, you know, like what are they called? The doom scroll or death scroll. Yes, especially and, this year. And oh my fast God. Four years. I, <laughs> I won't even tell you my like screen time. It's insane. It's just like we are sucked in, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I was doing, and I haven't thought of this in a while. So when I was doing it then, I would be, I'd catch myself scrolling and then I'd think, is this fueling my spirit? Usually no. There's some good stuff. Like there's some accounts that post amazing inspirational yeah. content, whatever. But sometimes it's just, it's nothing. Like it's either like cotton candy or it's like, yeah, toxicity. Exactly. It's yeah. like empty. It's not really contributing. It's no value add. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not actually getting anything out of this. And it does, affirm, I had a concussion a while back and it still affects me. I can't be on screens crazy. Like that's yeah. just wasted screen time. So it's like at that point, I'm like, okay. And that's sometimes it's, it's like pulling teeth. Like I'm just going to read a book and I'm just going to make myself. And sometimes I love it. Mm-hmm. But other times I'm like, oh, I just have to. And then once I do it, you know, once I think self-care is one of those once you jump back onto the track of it of like routine of it yeah. then it's you're like oh this is why i do this but when there can be resistance when we stop you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that that resonates so much for a lot of things what one for like my personal life two watching my mother grow up and everything like that because of course like mm. i got to see her and if for anyone that doesn't know uh, my mother is the craft chica kathy Murillo. she is a, a powerhouse as well and has done accomplished so many oh. things published author you know world-renowned artists, everything like that, and so much more. But yeah, I would see that in her as well. And I would kind of get scared of that too because it would be one of those things where she would 
overbook herself and say yes 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 and like you know and then she would get burnt out and uh thankfully i learned later that it was my my dad you know they were just each other's support system so that's mm-hmm. how she was able to stay afloat the entire time because i wondered why i couldn't go like uh you know 150 percent of all the time like my mom could and then i was like oh shit like you know she had her support system of like my father and everything mm-hmm. like that and she slowly but surely learned how to like ease up and only say yes to the things that uh, my mom always says it's either a hell yes or a no you know there's no yeah. in between and that's like what mm-hmm. she swears by and that's what i swear by too now mm-hmm. but um yeah it's amazing to see so speaking of that you kind of answered it a little bit but um let's say at those rare days where you don't have anything to do your bank accounts filled to money no one's available to to you know hang out or anything like that what is what does eliana do to like chill out and have fun and oh. self-care yeah well, I'm like, bank accounts full of money. I don't know if I'm telling you like the, the fun, like I'm like, I can go ball out or just like a normal, normal day without any major restrictions. Um, do you want to like COVID answer? Yeah. That's right. answer? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I think that, I don't know. I hope so. I was thinking I was like answering and not in a COVID context is kind of, it kind of sucks because we're do all both. just like, don't, I mean, yeah. Fair. I'm like, well, without COVID, I'm like, oh, so to the point of ADHD. So what's, um, I'm, one of the elements about having it is that we are calm in chaos and mm-hmm. that we like, we love these adrenaline hits, right? And they're very soothing. So I had just gotten a uh, annual pass Disneyland. Yeah. And I was never like, I mean, I love Disney movies and all that, but I was never like, there's a difference between a Disney movie fan and yeah. like Disneyland fanatics where they have like the outfits and the branding and like, yeah, I, I haven't ever, I mean, my sister. Those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, you know, I wasn't on that end of the spectrum, but like love going. So I have a good friend who loves Disney and she takes her son. She would take her son almost every Friday, almost yeah. every week. So it became a thing where I would, I would finish work, whatever. And I'd meet her. I'd get there like at five or six, uh, you know, cause I, I moved to LA recently and then I'd leave around 10, whatever. And it was so relaxing to the point of the bank account. Like prior, I was like, I'm not going to spend that much money for an annual pass. What am I going to, but they got me because it's like, buy buy your ticket and then it's 20 bucks a month basically that's how they get you right and i was like i'd pay 20 bucks to come back you know plus the food and the parking whatever but still i love it so that became that started becoming part of my self-care it was like well i paid uh, that's my like that for me is like a guilty pleasure type of self-care that i had never done before of like it's basically like a subscription to like a spa or something that you go all the time but it was when i was disneyland i've never been when i saw people go every weekend i was like what anyway so that was my pre-covid life and then of course I went like three times and then pandemic hits in COVID though. Um, my, my downtime, I've been really trying to like lay low. I mean, I'm, I really take being, um, I take social distancing seriously. Yeah. I really like, and this is not my norm. Um, oh, I'll, wait, 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 let me just for the fun of it. I was gonna say, let's not talk about the old life because it's sad. Well, now I want to. Um, part of my self-care prior to was like, like I said, I love the like adrenaline rush. I love yeah. traveling. So I'd find really, really good flight deals and just like book a flight. And I'd, I'd make it work with, with travel for work. So for example, I had, I spoke at a conference in Boston in February, like one weekend. And then the next, next, I don't know, Thursday or something. Let's say I spoke on like a Saturday and then Thursday I had to be in DC. So mm-hmm. A normal person would just go either Boston to DC, like you know, I don't, I don't think it made sense for me to like. It didn't make sense to fly back to California. Yeah. 
maybe someone more adventurous would like, oh, let's squeeze in a quick trip to New York for two or three days, whatever. Yeah. No, I found super cheap flights. I think it was $300 round trip, which for what I did was very inexpensive yeah. to go to Paris. And so I flew to Paris by myself, went and stayed with a friend, but also I do hostels, hotels, whatever, mostly yeah. hostels. So I flew there, but as I was, was it that one? No, that one, I just went there and back. That was cool. Um, but, and then I, when I was there, oh God, I missed this life. When I was there to the point of like, well, because of my, my work travel covered most of this stuff, right? Yeah. So it was just like, I'm not going to treat myself that often. I went to Disneyland in Paris and it wow. was snowing. It was so beautiful. It felt like everything was covered in powdered sugar. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, that was super cool. So then, uh, and then I landed in DC and, and things were great. Um, another time, just thinking about travel stuff. I, um, last year, I think, was it last Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um, the day after Thanksgiving, so I, big family. I don't yeah. miss holidays. Only I miss Thanksgiving. I think once when I was studying abroad, but otherwise I'm always there. But one of the times I flew to, uh, my friends were going to be in Europe, and so I was like, oh, I found a I found a last minute flight two days before Thanksgiving. Yeah, very very cheap. Like I basically take the bus. Like it is like the most random budget airlines. I do not fly first class. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm paying, I'm going in like middle seat. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like no recline, I'll take it, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I flew, I was in a flight of Paris. On the way there though, I realized I was like, where's Basel? I've always wanted to go to, I've always wanted to go to Basel because there's Art Basel, which is in Miami, but there's Basel in Switzerland. So we're, I'm on the plane about to take off. I don't know why I'm in the storytelling mode. So thanks for listening. You're good. You're good. Uh, we're about to take off. And I saw there was a $90 flight that connected from Paris to Basel, Switzerland. And I had enough time to get through like immigration and whatever. So yeah. I book, we're about, literally we're like already off the ground. It's like internet's about to cut out and I booked it and a hostel super fast. And I landed in Paris, ran to their flight, made it to Basel. Like it was <laughs> so fast. And I like, like let's go 80 that, hours. Like that's amazing. Oh my God. I can't even tell you like just talking about it. I'm like, oh my God, it makes me so happy. It is just like, it makes me come alive. And yeah. like, that would stress somebody out so much. Like, where are we staying? When are we landing? Da, da, da. I'm like, it's going to work. And so yeah. there's this flow I get into that I love. And then once I got there, then I was like, wait a minute. Do you know the line? Okay. What am I referencing? Let's see if you know it. A little town full of little people. Oh, oh my God. Bell, right? From yes. movies? Yeah. I hope someone answered if there's anyone watching and commenting. So <laughs> I know that there, but so in the Beauty and the Beast, Belle is from a little town full of little people. The song yeah. starts like that, right? So I was like, where is this little town full of little people? So I, I had heard of it in the previously and I looked up some cities, some little towns and little towns. I was like, where is it? So I found it and it was an hour train ride from Basel because it's closer there than it is to Paris. And I was like, I have to go. So I stayed one night in Basel or maybe two. Anyway, no, one night, and then I the next day I got up and I guess it was two ultimately because I had to come back. I took the train to the little town, yeah, Palmar, and I went and like saw. Oh my God, it was literally being in a Disney movie. It was so cool. Anyway, went back to Basel, got my things at the end of the day, took the train back into Paris, did Paris, and then I flew. I don't know what I had going. Oh, I think I oh I met up with friends in um, I forgot what city. Anyway. Yeah, so that was pre-COVID life, and now I read on the couch. <laughs> I, um, what do I do now? So, okay, no, let's make this as exciting because we have to enjoy this life of COVID life. So um, I really love to cook, mm -hmm. pivoting aggressively in terms of what I'm talking about. Uh, no, I mean, actually, I used to take 
cooking classes in Europe. It was like a childhood dream of mine. So I would yeah. save up my money and take these super cheap flights and go take classes. Now I'm finally applying what I've learned. I grew up taking culinary classes and everything. And so I've gotten really into making up new recipes. So that's been my new fun thing. Oh, I'm that's super cool. into it. Yeah. yeah. So actually post the concussion has made me super sensitive to sugar. Mm -hmm. So I've been making up a bunch of like sugar-free alternative sweeteners, but still tastes good. Like I don't like healthy food that tastes bad. I only yeah. like healthy food that tastes amazing. Like you wouldn't even know it's healthy. And I sneak vegetables into my own food. I have to like trick myself. So that's been fun. I've been, oh my God, my latest obsession during COVID time is, I also just realized I haven't been looking at this, the camera, sorry, because that's good. on my You're iPad, fine. so You're my good. eyes are over here. I've been just loving my kitchen appliances. So yeah. like I just got an air fryer, I have my Instapot, I got a food processor, yep. my mandolin. So anyway, that's when you I'm, know like how we're adults when you're like a food processor, yeah. No, <laughs> that's totally how I feel. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, it's so good. It's so awesome. I'm like, do you know what you can make with a food processor and a can of beans? Oh my God, like I've been right? making hummus out yeah. of all types of beans. <laughs> so that and what else? Um, I've been writing a little bit here and there. Yeah. I've been reading a lot more about like spiritual practices. I I never sit and watch Netflix because I just don't have the attention span for it. Normally I just get yeah. bored, but I've been doing more of that. Um, what else do I do? Oh, I've been planting. I've been growing seeds. Oh, right not really yeah. now. This has been a major development for me because my dad is a gardener. Not not a gardener. He's been into gardening. Yeah, um, green thumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like at home, he could just grow anything. And I would watch him be like, it's so like, it's like his therapy. It's so soothing for him. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's so cathartic. It just seems boring. I'll never do it. And so I started doing this thing where I'd, um, I'd plant seeds of whatever vegetables I was eating because yeah. I've been cooking so much. So I'd cut up whatever vegetable. And my dad had said, you have to dry them first. And I was like, but why? It's going to dry out and then come back to life. That doesn't make sense. So I just stick them in like, I've been saving cans from all my canned beans and things yeah. that I'm cooking. Um, and using them as uh, little pots, basically. So I have plants growing all over. I, I realize I'm actually better at the seed stage. I don't really maintain them very well because I forget how to water things. So I now my dad's like very good at uh, grandfathering my plants. And um, yeah, DIY projects. I made a greenhouse out of my dad's dry cleaning plastic bag yeah. of like the clothes and an Amazon box, which was inspired by your mom's Amazon box Vinatha <laughs> costume. That's cool. And so, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been just, I don't know, just trying to like be a kid again, do things that are fun yeah. like that. Um, virtual brunching with Latinas Who Brunch and um, just trying to stay in touch with people who bring good energy to my life, to yeah. be honest. I think that COVID has really made all relationships sort of optional, if you think about it. Like, yeah. I don't have to go to anything anymore. And so now I'm like, well, let me be intentional about the energy I'm bringing to my life. And so uh, for my birthday in July, this is kind of a throwback, but I'm going to do it again. Like I had a virtual tea party and a yeah. virtual dance party i do yoga oh i do yoga thon which is yoga to reggaeton i made that up <laughs> so just keeping busy with you know i honestly it's like i have to plan activities for self as if i'm a little kid like growing up my mom had so many activities for us and yeah. now i have I'm like stations like this is like my computer station which i now have in front of my couch and then i have my crafting station and my journal station and yeah i move them all the time and yeah that's pretty cool uh it's so awesome to hear like about people thriving and like doing healthy things in COVID times, you know, because like you said, if if you doom scroll too much, you can definitely like just drown in that toxicity and everything like that. Yes. But finding ways oh to God. actually, Politics yeah, too. oh for sure, you know, it was very tense, especially being brown in America. It's like even like another notch. <laughs> right. That now, thing. A brown woman. I mean, oh my uh -huh. God, like all the issues. But anyway. 
Exactly. I'm sure we don't talk, this isn't probably the time for politics, but it was a stressor for sure. And it was easy. I started getting real snarky on Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to, you know, because especially yes. it's one of those things where it's like, do I fight or do I let it be? And it's like, if I let it be and no one responds to it, this makes it seem valid. So it's like, right. let's throw hands. No one so. stops it. Do I need to regulate? <laughs> right? Exactly. So, oh my gosh. Um, okay. So let me see here. Um, so you've done a lot in your life and a lot of awesome projects, a lot of awesome accomplishments, but what is one of the more important ones to you, whether it was something major, like a massive achievement or something smaller in the beginning that you really appreciated, uh, which one shines brightest for you? An accomplishment of some kind. I'll say one that's more like a theme Mm -hmm. that, um, there's one concrete example of it, but I, I keep doing this, um, is, um, building community. Yeah. has been i think my my proudest accomplishment proudest meaning it most meaningful because so the the, the concrete example i can give is creating Ola at google the the community for latino googlers um that i mean it started with me and my co-founder my friend adriana and then yeah. we found six of us and then it became 75 and then now it's like there's thousands of people in this network across wow. multiple boxes around yeah. the world and so i mean now it's an it's beyond i mean i can't take credit for all that but um I think that the stage that I can take credit for and not alone with everyone around me who we, we did this together was creating this foundation of like a family of like people who were invested in supporting one another and collaborating and it just, and connecting in a really human, genuine way yeah. um, and being there for each other, you know, in an industry that's not diverse or not yeah. very diverse. So many of us feeling like outliers or imposter syndrome realities. And so knowing that I, I was able to create something that allowed them to create and for their careers to advance through it and for them to make lifelong friendships and develop professionally and make an impact in the community. It was all so rewarding and, and they're still my family, you know, and that's yeah. like many have left. We're all kind of alums now. And so that's really meaningful to me, but the, the spark or the energy that I, and the intention with which I create community is very similar to that group at Harvard that I started. It's similar to Latinas Who Brunch, which for me is really like, how do we, connect each other yeah like you know create connections and then also connect one another to other opportunities and like just it to me that's the most beautiful thing it's like creating something out of nothing like yeah we were all you know random stars out there I'm looking at your back and random stars but like <laughs> when you connect the stars or make them connect the dots make the stars align it's beautiful and then it's like then you can make magic right because it's like these people they're talented they're they have big hearts they want to contribute and we all support one another and it's like it just gives me life and so I think that I could say, I mean, you know, we've won a award, like all I won an award for like one of the top, top three Latino or yeah, like employee resource groups yeah. in the country. That's cool. Like awesome. But no, I mean, it's, it's the fact that like, we'll like baptize each other's kids one day or something, you know, yeah. like, and we made an impact. It's a and strong, made... genuine relationship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had, we had a summit in LA for the most involved leaders of the group. And I told them like, just so you know, my family lives about an hour and a half away. If you guys want to come out and visit, it'd be cool to have everyone, you know, see where I'm from in Oxnard. And I thought maybe one or two would be interested. We had 18 people come stay at the house. We were everywhere on floors. <laughs> like I told my mom, can you just go buy air mattresses? Like yeah, right. lined up everywhere, like bodies everywhere on the floor, um, beds, you know, all over the place. And it was so special to have everyone in our backyard. And, you know, at night we were like barbecuing, like, normal family gathering yeah. this is a hundred percent with co-workers which is so rare mm-hmm. and one of them we're dancing in the backyard and um 
by the fire and stuff. And one of them was like, this is like how I hang out with my cousins. Actually, that's how I wish I hung out with my cousins. <laughs> and we were like, you're right. Like just everyone just hanging out and just yeah. being the fullest version of themselves. And I think that's really hard to accomplish. And that's the thing. I think that's part a big part of why it means so much to me is because I've done this in spaces where people feel like they often can't be the fullest version of themselves. Yeah. So it's like a safe space to just be yourself. Like mm -hmm. it's just so rare. Like it's even, and we talk about how often um, as geeks, uh, as nerds, <laughs> we often, often our family can't relate. You know, yeah. often we're in this other world if it's because of our interest in, call it superheroes and video games mm -hmm. or business or whatever, right? These things that are not often common for our families or, you know, wherever we're from. And so, but then we're in this other world, right? We're often like, let's say in this case, in the tech world, or like, yeah. I don't know how diverse the gaming world is, but there's different dimensions where often we're still the minorities mm -hmm. and you're not hundred percent yourself there either. So then it's kind of like, where can I be my full self? And yeah. it's like, I'm in these, these two separate worlds. And it's sort of like Selena's dad in the movie, right? When he's like, you have to be um, more Mexican than Mexicans, more American than Americans, whatever. Yep. And it's like, we are 200%. Where can mm -hmm. I be the fullest version of my 200% self? We're gonna be accepted as I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As a nerd, as someone who's smart and ambitious, but also still like down with the homies. Like I've got homies yeah. back home who they're just like, you're in another stratosphere. And it's like, they know I don't think I'm better. I just, I'm in a different world. And so I try to bring that to them and share with them what I'm up to, yeah. um, you know, bring them along for the ride. But then also in the corporate world, like sometimes I, I mean, when I was in it, I couldn't talk about like family drama. Like that's mm -hmm. going to sound way different than what you think happened, what your drama looks like or, or what yeah. we did over the weekends. It's just, it's so different. And that's what I really value is we go to create community where people can, can, I'm going to say it this way. What I'm most proud of is creating community where people can be fully in their element nice i like that hey <laughs> got it Ding. gotta get it right Latinas uh, who've been similar too because we have people from all backgrounds saying i'm the only latina in my company or i live in the middle of the nowhere in the midwest or i'm in miami or austin where there's lots of latinas but it's hard to find genuine connections and so yeah in all these dimensions i think it's just encouraging people to really be in their element good yeah that's awesome. Okay, three more questions. Uh, although the two are kind of similar, so you can always bundle them in or whatever. Um, one geeky question. What is your favorite geeky medium? Whether it be video games, like fiction, like novels, or you know Netflix TV shows, or anything like that. Uh, what do you, what's, what's your guilty pleasure? Okay, I haven't watched it in a minute because it got kind of dark and it got kind of scary, but I'm yeah. I think I'm ready. Maybe tonight. Okay, so have you heard of The Boys on Amazon Prime? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so backtrack. I super love superheroes, yeah. but I, I, I'm the worst superhero fan. I don't know the comics. I don't know the real yeah. stories, but I just love like fantastical things. So I, I have a very low bar for like plot lines and script. I mean, I yeah. don't want it to be bad, but like Iron Man. Like I just love like the explosions and the magic. Like, and I'm the, down. You know, like where's the popcorn? Yeah, yeah, like I'm super down for the superness, but yeah. I don't like don't test me. And I just it's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there for the hype. Whatever. The Boys, I think, is really cool because it's sort of like a superhero fan marketer's dream and yeah. like really dark and twisted. Mm -hmm. And it's just like keeps you on your toes. So I'm not, I haven't finished it all, obviously. Yeah. I have to get back into it. But some episodes, I'm like, oh my God, like I shouldn't watch this before going to bed. It is crazy. Like, oh, for sure. Some of it is wild. But also, I really appreciate like the darkness is really because like they push it. Well, there's also yeah. gory things, but like they really push it in terms of like, the the facade that people create the way mm -hmm. that people believe and follow it's like cult following 
and really it's marketing it's all marketing that they're doing and it's very evident in like you know in the way that certain characters have to dress and you can't choose how to dress yeah. yourself and the analytics they pull is like oh we're having mm-hmm. you know we need to get more followers this way so let's do this yes. yeah yeah so i mean not to say that i think that's how you know superheroes should be run or how we should live our lives but it's it's sort of a it's like fantastical marketing yeah. which i find really interesting so and i've referenced it to a couple people i'm like i need you to watch this i need you to understand like in some ways, I'm like, we need to take inspiration from this, but the good kind, like not to like harm <laughs> yeah. people or have some weird secret agenda. Like, how can you create good? I call it cause marketing. How do we market good causes instead? Yeah. So anyway, that's one. Um, I don't know that that counts as a nerdy nerdy, but I think it's pretty cool. Hey, it's but, in there, yeah. I, okay, I'm like, cause it seems I don't know. I think it's pretty swaggy, so whatever. But um, <laughs> I love Harry Potter. Like, yeah, just yeah. fact what, for who, the rest of my life. Uh, what house are you a part of? I'm definitely Gryffindor. Uh, Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know you're not. I was like, I know you're not a Gryffindor. Um, Slytherin, that's cool. So mm-hmm. I, I will say, the it's like I super am, not only because I read the books multiple times, yeah. the tapes back in the day in the car, then the, I, I had some time with this concussion when I couldn't listen to music. Yeah. So I listened to all the books on Audible. So uh, if anyone listening has never listened to Audible, I can send you a link for a free one. Whatever's on my library for free, your first one. Yeah. But um. Harry Potter world's amazing in Orlando. And I, I did the one in LA like briefly. I didn't get to see much of it, but love all of it. But the reason I'm definitely Gryffindor is when I was at Harvard, uh, it's it's weird. It's kind of like Harry Potter, actually. Like yeah. your first year, you have one big dining hall. It looks like it looks like Hogwarts. It looks like the the hall where they eat, but then you get assigned to a house. There's no sorting hat, but they it's like a housing night and you get yeah. this like letter <clears throat> that says what your house you're assigned to. Excuse me. And so I, w- I lived in Winthrop House for the next three years. Oh, wow. And our mascot is actually the Gryffindor. Oh, like, that's before dope. Before Harry Potter was created, yeah. like, this is like hundreds old traditions. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, I got this and I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> I live in I live in Gryffindor Tower, basically. <laughs> like, when do I get my wand, please? Yeah, like... actually. Can I get some robes? Thanks. Yeah, right? <laughs> And then, okay, so the last two questions can be bundled into the same one or you can do it separately. So the first question is that what was like a big L in your life? Like something that you were like, dang, that just didn't work out. I like the ball was dropped, whether it was my fault or someone else's fault, that you were like riding that high and something just happened. That was a big learning moment from you. And how did you, one, like handle it and then, you know, grow from it, you know? And then yeah. the, the second one is actually... Um, what was some advice that you wish you got when you first started out into this huge, you know, crazy adventure? So if you want to bundle in the same one and the same thing, that's yep. cool. If you want to make them distinct and separate, totally cool as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't tell the first answer without leaving some advice because I definitely have it for my, you know, if I could look back yeah. and tell myself advice and then I'll think if I have any other advice to have. But um, a big L for me, which I now like to say the L isn't a loss, it's a lesson. Yeah, so, yeah the it was a major lesson and it it could have been a it could have been a real loss and i had to pivot quickly to not have it be a full loss it was it wasn't what i thought it wasn't what we expected it was different ultimately but internally people probably saw it as a loss externally not really it just kind of was underwhelming it was kind of fell flat yeah um i was responsible for marketing new product we were launching and it depended entirely on my relationships, my partnerships. And I didn't realize that people saw this as a, no one really told me that they saw this as a really big opportunity. Mm-hmm. I just thought like, well, I'm into it. I, you know, they were supportive, but I didn't realize how much they were not only realized it was a good opportunity, but banking on this to work out. 
And so mm. then yeah. I sort of learned that a lot of people, because we were having meetings with like business development teams at Google, right? Legal, all types of across the company, different teams, engineering. And we, the moment I realized like, oh wait, this is really gaining steam, gaining speed, whatever. And yeah. this is on me. Like I was in a meeting with about 40, 50 people and all different departments about talking about the strategy. It was like, we're about to go out and get these partnerships, meaning I was going to go get them to launch with partners. And the, the official Google chief technology officer is in this meeting. And I'm like, is this that serious? Like we need the CTO here. Like this just seemed like, yeah. like no one told me that I was in the major leagues in this way. Right. They were just kind of like, that's the thing with multicultural stuff. You tend to assume it's never given that like, Mm, the the resourcing the reputation all like yeah. i'm really glad i got to do what i did but like it's never i hope it will be right i hope that it takes the the spotlight of like oh my god it's on the equivalent of like a super bowl campaign or something yeah. right but like we're generally it's not always there and so this was big it was much bigger than i realized and i didn't really have anyone around me telling me that so the stakes therefore were really high so there's a moment like the moment it clicked for me so i'm in a room imagine like a very long conference room table like 15 people on either side, whatever, let's call it 14, even numbers. And then the rest of people all in video chats across the country and they're all watching. And I'm at the head of the table, which is also kind of like, this is out of a movie. <laughs> like why, why didn't I realize like, girl, you're at the head of the table. Like you're yeah. making happen. And no one around you is like, you got, you know, they weren't hyping me up, but it was like, it was like, I got thrown in with the lions and didn't know. And I was like, cool. Yeah, I, I got this. And so then we're talking about the strategy. I'm like, yeah, I'll get it done. Sure. You know, and I'm, I'm saying it so casually, but it, I knew that for me, it, it was doable. Like what I needed yeah. to do, I was like, yeah, these are my people. Like I invest a lot in having really strong, genuine relationships. So yeah, the, like we're going to make this happen. Yeah. And I, I already knew that they were interested, et cetera. Uh, and these are big brand partners. So typically most of my work was focused on like the consumer marketing side of things. So some businesses and so forth. But in this case, we, it was a consumer marketing strategy, but we needed to work with brands to launch it. So they thought. Um, so the CTO looks like that as into the camera's lens, like looking at me, like looking into my soul. And he's like, are you going to get this done? And ever, it's like silent. And I was like, yeah, like no problem. Now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, like really the CTO is looking at me like, this is on you. Point of the story, the L is that um, I, I listened when somebody asked, are there any other leaders that can confirm that the strategy makes sense? Like who else can confirm this, um, that would know the space, this, you know, multicultural. And I was like, no, like I'm, and what I internalized and I shouldn't have was my feeling of what it made me feel was I'm all you've got. Like that's as good as it gets. Instead yeah. of like, yeah, I'm an expert at this. Like I've been working in the space for years. I have been on the forefront yeah. of this before anybody else got there. And, and I didn't have that validation. And it's like, it's not that you, it's not about needing external validation just to feel good. It's more like no acknowledgement that like I'm doing something right, that there's yeah. value add, that this is now at a level that's considered, you know, um, sub subject matter expertise, being an industry thought leader. I didn't realize that until much later. So because I didn't feel that and I was basically told like, where's the real leader? I yeah. hired a consultant and things took an unexpected, very aggressive turn where um, again, I was seeking in others what I already had in me and I didn't yeah. realize that I was looking for it. And they, I don't think they actually meant to be like malicious about everything. I think that they just didn't have context of how the industry works where they were trying to play a game where like 
tech is about the data. Like you either have it or you don't have it. The, the strategy has to make sense. It's very rational, very operational yeah. and analytical. And anything otherwise, it's just hard for people to wrap their heads around. And it's just like, it's not going to get supported. And so things didn't, weren't working out the way we needed them to. I had stopped pushing it myself with these partnerships, these relationships I had. Yeah. I was told like, oh, those aren't really the most valuable ones. We're going to get these instead. And I was like, okay, they know more than I do. In the end, I had to let this partner go. Yeah. And I never fired someone before. And that was intense just to like to think about firing someone who I previously had a relationship with. Yeah. That was hard. But I mean, that was hard in itself. That alone could have been the story. But the challenge was, and I was like, well, now I'm still on a deadline. And all these people changed the terms on me. So now it's, I have to get these partners, they were down. And now I have to ask them to pay a lot of money to be a part of this, which is yeah. pretty typical for partnerships. That's not surprising. But I didn't know that going in. So when I was like, yeah, I've got this, that's, very different when you're saying now go get do biz dev and get checks from people right yeah. versus like let's all be friends and do this thing together so um one of the things that i mean i was i was venting to my parents and my dad when i said i had to hire this consultant i was like i thought we were aligned on what we needed to do mm -hmm. but the way they went about it was totally not the way i do business and yeah. my dad said i think maybe the lesson here is you can have the same goal as someone but if you don't share the same values to get there that's going to be a problem. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's exactly what it was. Like, I'm a transparent person. Like, I think we can all win if we collaborate. I'm yeah. not about doing shady moves. And like, this turned very different. And not that it had to be shady is maybe stronger because actually, huh, okay, the end of the story, <laughs> funny, shady is an important word. The end of the story is where, um, it, you know, I was kind of spiraling, like, what do I do here? Oh, my God, like, everyone's watching me. I have nothing to show for this. And it's, it's a, it was right before the 4th of July. I think it was like on a Thursday. So on Tuesday, I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to deliver everything by next Monday. We're not working Thursday, Friday. So I have like two days to make this happen. Like, yeah. how is this even like feasibly? I have contracts to get signed. Like, it's crazy. And so I flew to New York. I, my, my self-care, I was like, I need to get out of here. Flew to New York, went to stay with a friend. And yeah. I woke up on the 4th of July and I was like, I'm going to fix this. And so my insight for this strategy was that you have to start with the people first. Like yeah. brands, cool. But like, if we don't get consumers to buy in, to, mm -hmm. to want this, the brand, the brands will matter. Like brands are only going to be there because they want consumers. Yeah. They want those eyeballs. And so if consumers aren't about it, that doesn't, this just doesn't make sense. And so the strategy was the opposite, get brands on board. Then the consumers will see that it's very shiny and they'll want to be a part of it. So I was like, nope, I'm pivoting. So I changed the entire strategy. I was like, I'm going to reach out to all of my real partners like those yeah. are industry contacts and i appreciate those people i reached out to the small business owners the nonprofits, all the people that i've been working with for years who had my back and also believed in what i was proposing what i wanted to create yeah and um yeah. and they all said yes i got seven so i was supposed to bring seven business brand contracts i had seven um part like community partner contracts instead and so i went to that meeting on monday and i was like i've got seven contracts here you go and they were like everyone was silent and one woman very non-discreetly whispered this is really shady <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> mortified and after i asked my boss like so what do you think and he's like well they called it shady and i was like so it sucked right it sucked because it looked like i failed looked like yeah. i didn't deliver but ultimately when this went live thank god i pivoted and i the the lesson of the yeah the lesson i'll share is that I should have trusted my intuition much sooner. Yeah. And I, have, and I didn't have the confidence to 
acknowledge the pivot I needed to make because I knew they I knew they weren't gonna say yes, so I just did it anyway. But if you have to do that, you have to trust your gut. You have yeah. it's like that is a I made a really big tough call and it it worked out fortunately. I mean it, it sounds like it didn't because that's what I mean. Like it felt like a, a fail internally because it was like my reputation was on the line. People were looking mm-hmm. at me like what did, what are you doing? But and I don't know that they really understand how much it wasn't as bad as it could have been because when it went live, I'm not saying what it is only because like I just don't want internet trolls to come at me. But yeah. um, when it did go live, some internet trolls bashed it in a really weird way. Basically, it was like in the multicultural space, anything that you do can be tri- can be connected back to people will mm-hmm. say things like if you want to care about multicultural stuff you know tech industry like don't gentrify gentrify our communities or mm-hmm. don't do ex- so they'll just kind of i understand how people think it's one company but like yeah. those are totally different like the team that's thinking about impact on the community and the environment and gentrification has nothing to do like they're just literally they don't speak to each other they're so it's such a big company yeah and all tech companies are like this from like the product biz dev team and legal and engineering it's so separate so they just kind of ranted on some tangent and that picked up a lot of attention. So all these partners that were down for me, they like fought them on the internet. Like I couldn't have done that. PR team would never have let me yeah. like, get combated with bloggers that were just like a- activists that I, I like respect them in many ways, you know, like yeah. they were going against the man. And I was like, but, and it's funny because they kept saying like, if only there were Latinos on the inside that could actually help them figure this out. And I was like, but I am here. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm here. trying yeah. so hard. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to do like our community. And um, anyway, so in the end, um, it, the people that really understood the vision and supported me showed up. And that's another lesson is like to not forget that we have people in our corner yeah. and, and to nurture those relationships so that when something bad happens, like you've got people there to have your back. And I'm so grateful to them for that. And, you know, internally, I don't know that I ever recovered that, you know, that fail with some people who mm-hmm. now I don't talk to ever again. So <laughs> that doesn't matter. But um it was really hard. I mean, having, like I said, having to let someone go who was, I considered a, a mentor essentially, yeah. um, who I don't think realized the damage she had done. And it was really painful enough to go through that. Um, the, the people that just saw me, like, why did you hype this up? I don't think, I don't think people really had full context of what went down. Yeah. And I was just at the center of this epic storm. And I was like, okay, I have to, I have to just narrow down and figure this out. And in some ways, I'm like, maybe that's where that like focus, uh, focus and calm and chaos kicked in. Cause I just went like snipers, turbo speed, like get yeah. it done I got two day, over let's the weekend. Calling people. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was a let's go for sure. And yeah. I turned it around and in the end, I mean, people, what was beautiful was actually then seeing what people did with, with this launch and, and the yeah. community res- responded well and they, they got creative with it, which is ultimately the point. These tools are not the hero, the people using the tools are the heroes. Yeah. And so no superheroes, but um, it was rough. Yeah, it was crazy. So <laughs> that that's, sounds that's stressful. It's like, damn, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, never spoke to have those people again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then, yeah, the last question is, um, uh, if you had one piece of advice that you wish you got when you entered into everything, uh, what would you want it to be? You know, like Eliana, listen, here's some words of wisdom. Yeah, I think the word learn comes to mind. Yeah. So I think it's learn as much as you can so that you learn to trust yourself. Yeah. I think that it's part of also the third piece is it's all learning. Learn to listen to your intuition, which is an actual skill. Like physically learn how to tune out the noise mentally because we have to learn to not listen to every thought we have because sometimes yeah. they're not they're not they're not good for us 
and just listen to that inner voice, that guiding light that's telling you what to do. Because in that long story I just told, had I listened to my intuition and my, my gut from the beginning, like the strategy I ended up doing, I had that day one of this entire thing of like yeah. even proposing that this be something we do. Um, I, you know, early on thought like maybe I should reach out to people, maybe I should this or that. And I didn't because I was caught up with the noise and the mm-hmm. friction and everything else. And so, but the, the reason I said learn as much as you can is like have context, right? Like do your research. I, I see so many people think they're like listening to their gut and, and all that, but it's like, but if you're not informed, if you don't have your data points right, if you don't know context, if you don't ask either people on the inside or experts yeah. or people that can be resources, do that first. Do your homework so that you make a sensible, informed decision, but making that decision based on really listening to your intuition. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I when I do my consulting and stuff, I, I call it hustle healing. So I'm like, I'm helping people reconnect to their why from a place of integrity i think integrity is everything yeah integrity intuition and intention like what is the intention because often we get caught up with forgetting what that intention is forgetting to listen to our intuition and then and then you don't deliver in a way that's aligned with your integrity and you can't get that back so yeah that's why doing it with the community that felt like i'm delivering on my intention the integrity of doing it in a way that felt foreign by the community rather than having these big brands and in a corporate world that's often the shiny thing and it's easy to do that and i did it because of like that was what was getting attention to make this possible and i was like well the community will benefit i, I know that it's going to be mm-hmm. possible and a budget and all these things but in the end that fell away and what stayed was the intention and the integrity of doing it with and by the community that's awesome dang dude <laughs> so cool. yeah so any uh, things we should look out for? I know you're doing like mm-hmm. eight things at once. So what what are some yes. things the people should know well, about? Some of this came up. So let yeah. me think real quick. Okay, so um, self-care came up. So I just started recording my own meditation tracks, a guided meditation. Yeah. So I'm going to put those, I think, on my podcast. I'm not sure if I'll do like a SoundCloud or something separately, but it's all, you know, link in bio. Find me on Instagram. So follow me yeah. on Instagram if you can. Look out for that, some meditation tracks. I realized that I really wanted to hear like diverse voices and yeah. it also just helps me so much. So I was recording it for myself because that makes me do it. And um, so anyway, people have said they've enjoyed them. So share more of that. Yogaton, more of that coming soon. Also, we're doing virtual tequila tastings, which has been really cool. So if oh, anyone's cool. interested, yeah. yeah, we're getting booked by different companies, organizations to talk about the tequila making process, what makes yeah. ours special, being alchemy in Spanish, alquimia how we make our liquid gold. And I have some more things coming up soon, uh, probably more publicly next year, but in the short term, something I have, I told you, your mom is the first person I told. Yeah. I have been obsessed with your mom and dad's store and the fact that they have oh, a space yeah. to sell their art, Mucho Mas, if you're mm-hmm. not aware, everybody in Phoenix, Mucho Mas Art Studio. So I've had events there with your mom. I've yeah. seen her hustling there. And I didn't realize it's always been a dream since I was a kid to have a store. So I have an office here in LA and uh, I share with an acupuncturist and we, it's like a co-working, almost co-working wellness space, co-working for my team because with COVID, we can't really have other people there. But yeah. one of the offices, I was bummed, Art of the Pivot, it's my go-to. So we had an esthetician who was in that room who could no longer be there. I basically curated the wellness center that I wanted, that I mm-hmm. needed, all the things I had to do for self-care. So acupuncture, making myself get facials to just chill, <laughs> chill yeah. <the> fuck out. <laughs> anyway, and so... We had someone who can't rent the space anymore. And I was like, wait a minute. So I'm turning it into a store and filling it with my art and things I'm selling. Uh, Acupuncture's Herbalist is putting some things in there too, starting to sell more of my merch online yeah. and in the store. And also finding more um, black and Latino businesses, small businesses that I can 
source from to sell and make it another oh, point of right on. sale and doing yeah. it like appointment only, you know, very COVID safe and all that. We try to, we do make sure we take everyone's temperature and things like that. But um, yeah, it's something new that I haven't done before in terms of having a space where people can come buy things. So I'm really excited. I'm going to, I told your mom, like, I have to get your, you know, best tips. She's shared a lot over the years. And yeah. So this is a new venture for me for sure. Awesome. That's so cool. Cool. So uh, where can we find you online? Yeah. So in my element, I-N-M-Y-E-L-I-M-E-N-T is Instagram. And then um, on Twitter, I'm Eliana underscore Murillo, full name. Uh, you can Google me. My website's there. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't check that as often as I should, but it's yeah. there. What else am I on? Um, I don't do TikTok, mostly because I'm like a little weird about them giving information to Chinese government, but I do reels on <laughs> yeah. IG, so check that out. And then if you wouldn't mind everybody listening, if you're there, please do follow my, the accounts I have listed on my um in my bio so yeah. tequila company latina super brunch if that's relevant to you and um i think that's pretty much it i haven't posted on medium in a long time i have to like refresh my outlets but yeah <laughs> yeah nice well yeah so uh thank you again for being a part of this i really appreciate it i'm gonna go ahead and um write up an article about everything and then be able to like put it online and then share it everywhere yeah. so yeah, yeah if you ever need help with anything just let me know and i'll make sure to like uh like shoot it out to everyone that that is in my circle and all that kind of stuff cool. and like thank, thank you again you. for being a part of this are you kidding i had such a blast obviously i had fun like long story long talking and it's just also just great to connect and be in touch and if anything, this COVID life has allowed us to be more intentional, but also just connecting yeah. online, you know, not waiting to do it in person. The so great pause. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so grateful and proud of you. Your mom has been talking oh, about you. how you've done this for so long. And so I hadn't said that to you. I think it's awesome. So thank you. for. <laughs> I appreciate your that. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to find that self-esteem to like move forward and be like, I, I am going to do this. I am capable of this, you know? Oh, I, totally. Yeah. I need to have like, I have podcast episodes I haven't recorded or edited and YouTube content. And so doing these motivates me to go do more of it. So yeah. thank you. Of course. Well, thank you again. And I hope you have a wonderful night. And if you need anything else, just let me know. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. And everyone who joined us for this live or later. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Bye. And, bye. <laughs>